Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, buddy C. Let's take a moment, seek out our emptiness so that we can maybe hear from our higher power today. All right. I didn't want to stop. I wanted to keep going. Today is the 30th. Oh, got Kate and Craig and Dottori today. Glad to have you guys. This is a really, I say they always say they're a good chapter. This one really is a good chapter. It's got one idea that they talk about over and over again. And that is that any time that we use force in any way, there is always resistance. Always, always, always. Anytime we push, there's pushback. So the goal, I think, of, of the way I, what I got out of this chapter was that the idea is to remove as much resistance, as much force as we can from our life. And in return, we remove the resistance. If you got some, got a notepad or something, I want you to jot down while we're talking different ways that, that you exert force in your life. And if you recognize the pushback from that and how we can work and what tools we can use to remove that force, that you approach situations in different ways that you're not using force anymore. So if you're not using force, you're not getting the resistance. That's where I want to go today. Hey, Kirsty, what we're talking about is the use of force. And that any time that we exert force in any way, we're going to have resistance. I asked everyone to jot down while we discussed it today, different ways that they see that they're pushing in life. Push, push, push. And ways that we can use different tools to try to approach those situations differently because the result of any of that push is going to be pushed back. That's, that's the idea today. And we're on the 30th chapter. So Kate, are you going to read for us? Yeah. Why don't you start with the first one and I'll share the screen. So the first translation, whenever you advise a ruler in the way of Tao, Counsel him not to use force to conquer the universe, for this would only cause resistance. Thorn bushes spring up wherever the army has passed. Lean years follow in the wake of a great war. Just do what needs to be done. Never take advantage of power. Achieve results, but never glory in them. Achieve results, but never boast. Achieve results, but never be proud. Achieve results because this is the natural way. Achieve results, but not through violence. Force is followed by loss of strength. This is not the way of Tao. That which goes against the Tao comes to an early end. Okay, now the second translation. Whoever relies on the Tao in governing men doesn't try to force issues or defeat enemies by force of arms. For every force, there is a counterforce. Violence, even well-intentioned, always rebounds upon itself. The master does his job, 
and then stops. He understands that the universe is forever out of control and that trying to dominate events goes against the current of the Tao. Because he believes in himself, he doesn't try to convince others. Because he is content with himself, he doesn't need others' approval. Because he accepts himself, the whole world accepts him. The third translation. Those who lead people by following the Tao don't use weapons to enforce their will. Using force always leads to unseen troubles. In the places where armies march, thorns and briars bloom and grow. After armies take to war, bad years must always follow. The skillful commander strikes a decisive blow, then stops. When victory is won over the enemy, through war, it is not a thing of great pride. When the battle is over, arrogance is the new enemy. War can result when no other alternative is given. So the one who overcomes an enemy should not dominate them. The strong always weaken with time. This is not the way of the Tao. That which is not of the Tao will soon end. The final translation. Listen up. If you want to be a leader who is in touch with Tao... Never use violence to achieve your goals. Every act of violence backfires. An army on the move leaves a trail of tears, and a military victory always lies in ruins. The masters do what needs doing, and that's all they do. Do what you have to do without arrogance or pride. Get the job done, and don't brag about it afterwards. Do what you have to do, not for your own benefit, but because it needs to be done. And don't do it the way you think it should be done. Do it the way it needs to be done. The mighty will always lose their power and any connection they ever had to Tao. They will not last long. If you're not right with Tao, you might as well be dead. Wow. Might as well be dead. Serious business, huh? Yep. Comments? I like the fourth translation where it ended, do the way it needs to be done, not the way you think it should be done. Because that's taking the, that's, that's taking the person, that's, that's taking the personalness away from what you're doing. You, you're not being led by, by what you think you should be doing. You're being led by the way things should be done. Um, so what's the difference? What's the difference between, uh, I see, how to say it, <laughs> Don't do it the way that you think it should be done. Do it the way it needs to be done. So what would be the difference between the way you think and the way it needs? Well, the way I think is the, the, the way I think has been biased because of my own personal opinions, my personal control over it. Um, who am I to control anything? So doing it the way that benefits you, do it the way it, the, the it way it, the way you know it needs to be done versus yeah. the way that it would benefit you the most is what you're thinking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It also reminded me that the the ninth the ninth verse where it goes back to um, not over sharpening your blade, just stop when the stop when the work's done. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't don't do don't do don't do more than is necessary because it doesn't need done. Yeah. I want to remind everyone I did put the link in the chat so that if you want to pull it up on your computer screen and look at it, if you're on a, on a PC, that's an easy way to keep looking at this when we don't share it. Uh, how about the idea 
that um, about force that any time that we use force that it causes resistance. I saw that in the 30th one at the first where it says not to use force to conquer the universe for this would only cause resistance. It says that over and over again. I think on all four uh, that the use of force always causes a counter force violence, even well intentioned always rebounds. So my first thought of that was different ways in my life that I am using force in relationships and work where when people don't do what I want them to do, that I push to make them do what I want them to do. And when I do that, there is always resistance. And I thought it was interesting that after resistance, it says here that after war, thorn bushes spring up wherever the army has passed. How many thorns have I created in my life by push and resistance? And how many relationships get thorny for a while because of the resistance? Even if I got my way, I really did not get my way. It was a cold, cold way. <laughs> you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Have y'all experienced that? So I think that's really the essence of this. You have something, Kirsty? Yeah, and um, just as 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 I was trying to think of because it, it it refers to violence and and the mighty a lot, um, and and it wasn't until um, you and Craig spoke that that it was almost like you could almost. Um, swap that for ego and control, um, and 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 you know immediately as soon as you began speaking because I hadn't read this, um, it was like uh, well it's almost the story of my life. <laughs> um, you know if I you know what got me to where I am today, um, what proved you know my Achilles heel. Um, and led to my relapse um, was a push against something that really shouldn't have been happening. Um, even though I was I was sober at the time, um, I was I was trying to build my career. I was becoming increasingly ar- arrogant. My health failed. I had a breakdown. I then had a relapse. I was pushing things too fast. I was actually pushing against something that shouldn't have been happening you know, taking myself away, taking my ego out of it, becoming humble instead of arrogant and just doing the next right thing for whatever reason, not for self, um, not for selfish reasons, it becomes easier and you flow more. It is just an easier way of life. Um, Shit, I even posted this morning about how all of a sudden I've decided to do X, Y, and Z in my recovery. If I push too much in my recovery, I have repercussions. And this week I've been full of anxiety. And it's like that came up and I went, oh, shit, you know, in my normal way. Um, and, And it's true. You push things too fast. You try and control things. You try and control people. They're going to push against you the thing's going to push against you. 
And for me, this is about acceptance. It's about lack of control. It's about just letting things be. Um, and, yeah, that's, it's, yeah, very powerful. I went and got my big book. There's a, there's a line in, on page 84 that says that we have ceased fighting anything and anyone, period. Even alcohol, we cease fighting, but not just alcohol, you know, because it's easy to fix that. Yeah, I don't fight alcohol anymore. No, it says anything and anyone, even alcohol. So it's a lot more than it's a lot more than just alcohol. So I'm seeing that here that if I can see where I'm, I'm my own worst enemy. So when my actions, the repercussions of those actions are not someone else's fault. It's, it's a result of my actions. So if I can change my actions, then I'm going to change the results of those actions. And I think that's what this is talking about. Uh, there's a couple of things in here. Oh, any comments? Anyone else before? I, I like what Christy was saying about that because sometimes sometimes when we read these things, we take them literally. We, we read the, the, the thorns growing at the path of an army. We, we think it's just a thorn bush that's growing, but we don't stop to think about the repercussions that we're going to have on it. And the thorns the thorns don't have to be physical. It can be resentment. It's, it's things that are going to stick with you and stick with you. And unless it's dealt with properly, then it's always going to be there. And, um, and there's and there's two approaches to this, Craig, that I saw in the commentaries. One was, of course, the the anti-violence on the government level approach that I saw in the commentaries, which we know that's there. But I really wanted to talk about the part that we could uh, that could I think was applicable, which was how we do this in our everyday life. So if we if we're seeing thorns in our life, that's a red flag. You know, if we've got resistance from other people, maybe I should look at how I'm causing that resistance. What am I doing to cause that resistance? And a lot of times we don't even see that we're doing it. You know, uh, we have to we have to wake up to these things. But there were several things in here um, I liked. The master does his job and then stops. On the second one, I, I think that's what we have to learn to do is just to do what we have to do and then let it go like Kirsty was talking about. He understands that the universe is forever out of control and out of control by him is what one of the commentaries says. So it's not that it's out of control. The universe is out of control by us. I do not control the universe and that trying to dominate events goes against the current of the Tao, the current of the Tao. I thought that, I thought that was interesting, talking about the current, because there's a flow to this, a flow to life. And when we can stay in this current, stay in this flow, not fight this flow, not push against when I am offering, when I am resisting, when I'm pushing, I am working against the flow in my life. I can see time after time in hindsight where the flow of life was happening 
it was going that way no matter how I behaved. The same thing would happen whether I fought it or whether I accepted it. And I could be a lot happier just accepting it. (laughs) Rather than fighting, I was going to end up in the same place. I could get there happy (laughs) or I could get there sad and angry and with all this other results of my behavior. So why not just get there happy? (laughs) This was something I dealt with earlier this week. Um, So I've had this certain uh, perception of how my recovery should look like. And I've tried to mirror it with other people's recovery and, I was really just in a a fit of like rage with myself on why my recovery was going at a certain pace. And I was comparing it to other people's and Monday I was on my way to work and I've never, I've never prayed, never, not normally a spiritual person, but I just prayed to the universe to show me or to take over and just guide me through it. Like I didn't want control of it. Like I don't want to have control of it. I just want to go with the flow and appreciate it for what it is like but when I did that it helped me so much I wasn't worried about who was looking at me in my recovery and what they thought of me as long as I was happy with what I was doing and I understand that the universe has control I was a lot better I've been better since then that's the whole idea that the Tao brings to this the Tori and this and these teachings bring is that it's all by design Nature's by design. Every animal, their life is by design. So your life is by design too. So if we can, you know, you brought me to another level of resistance that we don't think about a lot of times. With every interaction, I can choose whether to accept that action from someone or I can create some resistance against it. Like, you know, I may not say anything when the ladies slow checking me out at wherever but it kind of might irritate me a little bit right but i don't say anything i just stuff that down you know and keep going the guy pulls out in front of me uh you know i might not flip him a bird but i i resist it a little bit stuff that down (laughs) then my wife gets home and she talks about something and i get pissed off at her and i just go on her right when i really wasn't ill at her at all It was the result of all these little things that I pushed against all day. So what I learned was when I want to push and resist, it's like in meditation when you have the thought, you don't resist the thought. You let it come. We've talked about this before. You let it come. It's okay. It's a thought. Let it have its way and it just goes away. Same thing with these little resistances that we have throughout the day. And the same thing with uh, Craig, Craig chatted expectations when you were talking. And I think that's true. Uh, We we really have to lower our expectations because when I, when I expect things to happen a particular way, I'm setting myself up to have resistance because I want to push to make that happen. Yeah. I noticed, I noticed when Kirsty was saying as well, um, just I want to do this, I want to do that, and we're all the same. We, we just think that because now because we're in recovery, people in people in recovery do absolutely amazing things. 
And I'll never have that taken away from anybody that's in recovery. We do absolutely fantastic things every day, but sometimes just making it through a day is is amazing. Um, and I think when we, we we do start to put far too many expectations on ourselves, and if we don't realise those expectations, then we start to beat ourselves up. Um, and we end back up in this cycle of resistance and not wanting to do things, and we, we end up taking a step back. Um, so the, the expectations is huge. What if, um, I'll give you an example. We, we're talking about getting, you'd rather get there happy than get there miserable and depressed. What about, if, what about if so many people are telling you the same thing and there's one person that's telling you the same thing that you don't get on with and you get there at the same time and everybody else is happy and you're still grumpy because this other person's told you, buddy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, you get there and because, because this one person's told you to do it, you kind of hold it against them, even though you know they were right. Those expectations, Craig, got to give up the control. <laughs> In the second one, he talks about um, trying to dominate events, goes against the current of the Dow. Because he believes in himself, he doesn't try to convince others. Because he is content with himself, he doesn't need others' approval. Because he accepts himself, the whole world accepts him. The whole world doesn't accept him. Then he accepts himself. He accepts himself first. Then the acceptance of the world follows. So it's like that idea of we act our way into right thinking. We do the action first. We forgive and then we're forgiven. We love others the way that we want to be loved. We don't love them the way they love us. We take the action to love first. When we do that, not waiting on them to treat us fairly, we treat them fairly first. Then their actions follow ours. And I think it's the same thing with this, is that when we learn this current of the Tao, thing, how about this? What power does water have? Does water have any power of its own? It uses gravity, right? It has no power of its own. Water in itself, here's a cup of water. It's just sitting here. It has what currents available to it. You know, water is water, whether it's sitting in a pool, whether it's going down a, a swift rapid, or whether it's a slow stream. It's still just as much water, regardless. doesn't matter. It just goes wherever it can. It, it takes that path of least resistance, you know. What if we approach life that way? Instead of pushing to say, no, I've got to have it this way, when there's an alternative way there in front of you, but because you may not want for whatever reason to take that way and you choose not to and not follow the current, you know, I think, Craig, maybe that following the current is doing what needs to be done. Yeah. You know, I think that may be what that's talking about. I don't know. So but, I have a question. Sure. Okay, so with applying this idea to my job, right, this governing idea, so it says – Whoever relies on the Tao in governing men doesn't try to force issues 
or defeat enemies by force of arms, right? Okay. So in my work, I I'm the only person that works there at night. There's nurse there's a couple nurses on the other side of the hospital. But I'm there. I work there at night. I'm in charge of 16 men and women who don't I mean they don't necessarily want to be there. I have to like enforce rules. You know, I have to exert control over them and they have to listen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like a five foot three kind of small girl. And, you know, I have to, I have to somewhat govern them and I have to be forceful. How do I? How does that apply? How does that apply to this? Okay. You're not, you're not really, you're not really applying your will. You're applying the, the, the natural laws of the job. And also, also, if you do that with the best of intentions and in the best way that you can and let it be, if you follow the, I guess, are you in a medical um, position? It's sort of a counselling type position. Okay. If you, if, you, if you follow the natural ethics and do what you're meant to do in the best interest of others rather than the best interests of yourself, then you can do no more. If the other people choose to act in a way that is self-serving and not the best interests of, you know, the people that they are serving, that is their choice, but then if they choose not to do that, then there will be repercussions, which is what we're saying here, I think. Yeah, I think so too, Kirsty. Um, you know, you have a job to do, and you're, you're doing your job. There's a couple of – I was looking for a quote in here that would apply to that. There's one that says, when the battle is over, arrogance is the new enemy. Another one that says the masters do what needs doing, and that's all they do. So. In your job, you have a job to do, and really, you can enforce rules out of love because it's right. to their best interest that they follow the rules. They're in a, it's rehab, right? Yeah. Okay, one part of going to rehab is learning to follow the rules. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I mean, so you can do that out of love, not out of arrogance, out of some misdirected um, ego trip because we've all seen people in positions of authority that it was 100% ego no service no no intention for well-being for the for anyone other than themselves so you you can come at this from a position of love a position of kindness but a position of authority right because we're talking about two different things. Right, because uh, I'm only working there because I'm trying to help these people. Exactly, exactly. Right. So, so really, and that, that gets into enabling behavior and all those other things where, you know, if you were, you know, concerned for hurting them, for not, you know, enforcing the law, enforcing the rules, you know, that like it was something wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with enforcing the rules. Matter of fact, it would probably hurt them by you allowing them to get away with things they shouldn't be doing. Right. So uh, I, I I would think that's how that would that, that's how I would see it. Uh, okay. 
but that's how that's basically what Craig, what you and Kirsty were saying, right? Yeah, and also in in the in the second translation, as part of that, at the end, and this is all this also applies. I think it's probably a different way of saying it to the way you just said, buddy. But it's slightly, I guess, it's slightly different translation. Um, you need to also be careful of looking after yourself. Because when I was in the workplace, yes, there was there was this kind of ego side of me that um, wanted to get to an X position and ultimately that led to my self-destruction. But also, I was a very much a people pleaser and I still can be because I underneath I don't believe I'm enough. And I think when I was in the workplace, I would actually kind of almost not enable I would I would go to the extreme to look after people or treat people well at the expense of myself. So there's kind of, there is a balance between doing everything we've just said, but also doing it to the point that is healthy and and also not um, believe in what you're doing, believe that what you're doing is right and and to the best interests of everybody else but don't go to the nth degree because there is only so much you can do. Um, yeah. What does this say? Do your work, do your job, and then stop. Do your work, then step back. Mm. I like this. In the fourth translation, do what you have to do, not for your own benefit, but because it needs to be done. That would definitely apply. And a lot of actions in work we can take, am I doing this action for the for the benefit of someone else or for my own if it's in if it's something that's an interaction with another person? How am I approaching this? Am I approaching this for their benefit or for my benefit? And that would be a way that you could you could look at what you're doing when you're having to enforce a rule, you're doing that for their benefit. Yeah. So, that, that's how I would try to approach it if I were in your position, Kate. Mm-hmm. Now, outwardly, it may look the same. It may look like, and they could even interpret it, oh, she's just, you know, asshole, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, mm-hmm. When in, re- in reality, you're doing that for their benefit, not for their approval. Right. It's not about them as far as them approving what you do. It's about you doing what needs to be done. Right. Well, there we go. I quoted by accident, doing what needs to be done, you know? Yeah. Okay. I know, it's, I know it's 30 years too late, but I've just realized why my brother behaved the way he did on the first time he had to babysit for us and why we resisted it. So it's just because that's what mom and dad told him to do. I'm going to stick him on my men's list. So it's 30 years right, so. Andrew, and I, okay, I'll drop in text. <laughs> who, didn't, who didn't act up the first time that their older sibling was put in charge of them? We done it because we wanted to resist it and just to prove them that they weren't the big older one, but really they were. It's amazing what you learn in these meetings. <laughs> any, anything, any other um, situations in life that you have going on right now 
where this would apply that we could discuss and come up with some strategies? For me, I'm still working on not resisting feelings. For example, when when I have when I'm angry, which used to be all the time and is not that often now, not resisting and pushing that anger down instead, feeling the anger, letting it go, looking to see if there's something behind the anger, letting that go and not just resisting it because my resistance to the feeling gave the feeling power. Just like when I'm trying to meditate, you know, do not think about the green elephant. And we're all thinking about the green elephant, right? But when you try not to do something and resist, you know, use force, then force comes back. So when I have, I don't want to use force with feelings, force with thoughts, force with anger to not feel that. No, I'm, I'm not supposed to. What? I'm not supposed to think about that. Just let it go instead. Okay. This is a thought. This is an aim, whatever it is, and not resist it and not force and push against. And then it just evaporates and goes away. It's amazing how little energy feelings and thoughts and even anger that I used to sit in all day long. If I just accept I'm angry for a moment, it just goes away. Try that the next time you're angry instead of saying, no, I'm not supposed to be angry. Say, okay, I'm supposed to be angry right now. Do the opposite. And for me, within milliseconds, it just evaporates. That's what this is talking about is stopping force. If it's in emotions, if it's in feelings, if it's in work, whatever it is, stop pushing. Go with the flow. I think, I think for me, um, especially especially because it's the new year, um, people are talking about goals and, you know, making improvements and not staying in the same place and not getting... Um, uh, what's the right word, complacent. Um, and, you know, we're talking about transformations and all of this good stuff. And and and, and I, I, I get on that bandwagon. And, and rather than, you know, and I go into, I go into Kirsty mode, which is, you know, I'll be okay and I know what I need to do, but then I'll forget. And then I'll go into all behaviours old Kirsty mode and go, right, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to do it this week. And then by March, I'll be doing this. And then by April, I'll be doing this. And, and before I know it, I've got something on online that's telling me, right, what do you want to do in five years time? And I freak out. Um, and I find it, I find it very difficult to balance because I do think you can get complacent and I do think you can remain in stasis. It's knowing it is, is the knowledge, right? Okay. Well, what, when am I applying force and when am I not? Because that for me is a really big thing because I've pushed all my life. Um, and now I'm kind of in the, I'm being told, yeah, you need to get out of your comfort zone. But at the same time, when I try and do that, I do it so fast that I 
freak out and retreat. Um, and so it's being comfortable again. What's it? Um, two, number two is being comfortable that actually what you're doing today is enough. And I guess I'm talking myself into an explanation here um, and looking back at what you have achieved rather than what you need to do. Um, like, you know, getting up early every morning, not sleeping so much during the day. That's actually quite a lot. That's quite a lot. Um, so, you know, I don't necessarily need to be going to the gym three times a week and all of that stuff. That might come next year. It might come in two years' time. But what I'm doing today is enough. And the more I apply too much and the more I expect from myself, actually the unhappier I am, the less content I am. So, yeah. Yeah, that's where I am. Just with the complacency. I think complacency sets in with me if I have long-term objectives because I concentrate on the end goal. I concentrate on the destination rather than the journey itself. That's why That's why I work a daily program. I work a program that I take one day at a time. If I take it, three or four days at a time, I'm going to get lost. I'm going to lose sight of the thing that, that should be right in front of me. Um, and if, if I get into that situation, then just all bets are off um, because I'm not focused on what I'm supposed to be doing today. Um, it is good. It's, it's healthy to have goals. Um, I don't buy into the New Year's resolutions. You know, you're going to do, have to do this, have to do that because I generally don't listen to people. Um, people that say, you know, you, you really must do this and you really must do that. That's, that's that's up to you if, if you want to do that that's that's entirely up to you but me personally I know my own limitations and I know by now I know by this age and I know by my past experiences if I start to buy into long term goals then you know it's, it's not going to happen because I will get complacent and if I take if I take my take my eyes off what I'm actually doing today I'm lost um, and I, I, I think you'll find there's, there's there's a lot of people in recovery that are the exact same that's that's why a lot of us do the old cliche is one day at a time you know it's, it's it's there for a reason and it's it's just there to remind people don't get complacent you have to do what what's in front of you today Kirsty, i came to the conclusion that and this was just gosh last year that i'm perfect today just like i am there's nothing wrong with me you know I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I hate hearing that. I always hated that. When somebody would say that, I said, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear that. Because how could this be perfect? You know, how could I be right where I'm supposed to be? <laughs> you know, I, I think I am. I, th- I think I'm in this moment. And the reason is, if I could be any different, I would be. It's not for lack of trying. We all do what we feel is best for us. The idea that I'm always beating myself up, that I would have, should have, could have, is a trap. And it's just fear. And it's coming from this place of guilt that I have to surrender. So I think for me, rather than setting goals to achieve, with air quotes, and working harder and doing better, all that business, which I I used to have business coaches and all of these different things. And I've done all the corporate stuff with that. Okay. So 
I used to be part of a team on some something and all those things. So I know all that. But I had to just let go of that. And instead, for me, I look at my day. I start with some meditation and devotion and try to become spiritually alert and surrender my will, turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God in more moments of the day. If I have a goal, that is my goal. And if I do that, I can get into this current that we're talking about and everything just flows and I do what's in front of me to do. And it all works out to this great life that I could have never orchestrated through self-help. I like the idea of that, that this is more self-sacrifice rather than self-help, more about surrender, more about letting go, more about letting go of these fears and all of these um, character defects that we've held on to and created a, a persona and a, and a presence out of and let those things go and trade those in for the real thing. I think that's where the real peace and joy is because we know it's not in those things. It's not in the meat and drink. It's in, um, it's in doing the will, will of our higher powers where I see it for me. That, that's where I, I think the peace and joy is. If, if I can surrender more moments of the day, see where I'm pushing and trade the pushing in. So how, how does that look in real life? I have a relationship. If I have a relationship that I push in that relationship, let's say, and I've worked on this with uh, uh, my spouse, not pushing her when she's not doing what I think she should do, which I used to push and manipulate and pull the strings all the time because she would have a much happier life if she'd just do what I thought she could, she should do. Right. That's just how it works. <laughs> <laughs> how arrogant is that right what whoa, whoa, what did, what did that say that arrogance is the new enemy <laughs> okay so what i do instead is surrender my will in regards to my wife and stop resisting her and just let her be let her be her that is one way that i can stop the force and I've even used that before mentally. I said, well, I'll just let Anna be Anna without me pushing. We'll end up in the same place and we'll both be happy <laughs> instead of we both be ill, you know, because she's going to do what she wants to do, whether, and if I bring it to her attention, she's going to want to do it even more. <laughs> and, and it could be the littlest of things, you know, just the littlest of things. So, um, but, that for me that's that's how that applies and it's in the little things more than the big things you know it's it's learning to to not push in all of those little things i used to push in but there's always resistance when i push i was going to read some of wayne dyer but we've already talked about everything he's got in there so there's really no need to read it the best way to get my wife to not do something is to tell her that needs done Whoever strains with force will soon decay. Isn't it strain when we force? We just push, push, and we see it 
when we're, I mean, I see myself doing it. It's like a third person, but he don't do that. Don't do that. And I do it. (laughs) (laughs) I go right in there, you know, learning to be aware of that going with the current instead is, is a goal of this because then we don't create thorns in our life and create all of these issues that we have to deal with. My, yeah, my, my, my husband is a, is a, is a, is, well, he's not an alcoholic and he, he lives his life with the path of least resistance. And I find it incredibly frustrating. And as you, as you just said about your, your spouse, I am, I, I am and have been a nightmare person to live with. And that's because he lives the path of least resistance. He lives this life and he is very happy. And I should take some of his medicine. Anyone else? Guys, what I hate about these kind of topics is invariably after the meeting, I have a whole day that I have to work on not forcing. (laughs) It's like praying to have peace in my life. I never do that because if I do, I get lines to stand in. (laughs) I was in the grocery the other day and someone in front was, they were held up on something. You know, when you're in the line and they got the light on and it starts blinking, oh shit, I'm going to be here a while, right? I turned around to the people behind me. There were three or four people. I said, has anyone in this line prayed to have more peace in their life? I said, I hope not because you're causing this. (laughs) (laughs) And they laughed, you know, and we we had a laugh about it, you know, instead of getting ill about it. But uh, that's about all I have, guys. I I think that's really good. I think it's very applicable. Where Mm -hmm. are we having this force in our life, where can we take that force out? And really for me, letting go of that, letting someone else be um, thinking of the other person. If I'm in traffic and someone's doing something odd, and even if they're making a mistake, I can give that moment of time to them. Any way I can surrender in that moment and take the force out then I don't get the resistance back from that. When the feeling comes up, okay, I'm having this feeling. I'm angry. I'm fearful. You know, in recovery, we have some things. If we work uh, work like an AA program, we have some ways that we can deal with uh, anger, resentment, uh, dishonesty. Uh, when those things come in fear, when those things come up, you know, we're taught in step 11 or step 10 that we um, – uh, that we ask God to remove it. We tell somebody about it immediately. We're making a man quickly if we need to. Then we turn our thoughts to someone we can help. So we can take that and turn that. And the, actually, that's on page 84, right before that part that I read about stopping fighting. Because that's how that's a way in AA that we stop fighting is by surrendering those things. So those tools we know, let's just practice them. You know, let's just do them. Victoria, you have something? I just got everything I needed from you guys. Thank you. Good. Okay, guys. Well, y'all have a great week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, 
daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.